This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to Own the Microphone. Join me, Bridget McGowan, an award-winning international professional speaker and owner of the independent publishing company, BMAC Talks Press. Hello, Bridget McGowan here, and welcome to today's episode of Own the Microphone. I have the privilege of having with me Edie Rather. She is a certified speaking professional, which is a really big deal. I'll talk to you about that a little later. And she is just an all-around amazing speaker. Edie, welcome to the show. It's good to be here. Now, Edie, I quote unquote, met you virtually while attending a webinar that was being sponsored by the National Speakers Association. And, you know, if you are a professional speaker, being a part of NSA is, it's it's a must. And it's, it's just incredibly important. I want to find out from you, how did your speaking career get started? And when did you find yourself being a part of NSA? Uh, well, you know what? I just started the, my 80th year of life yesterday. And so I have been speaking since 1970, over 50 years. And I never chose it. It chose me. And you got to know that back then, um, you know, I, I was kind of one of the pioneers in, in NSA. I wasn't in the first number 12, but I was in already in the early 80s. And I think it got started in the 70s. And I, um, I, you know, I remember moving from New York City. I'm originally from Wisconsin, had a job in New York City. And when we moved back, um, I, I had a background in psychodrama and I was working at a county hospital. And then assertiveness was a new term then <clears throat> and somebody asked me if I could do a program on assertiveness so I became the expert on that and then somebody asked me to do something on burnout burnout was not a common term I didn't even know what it was I said yes and my girlfriend also is like we're both we both have psychotherapy backgrounds said, what is burnout and it's basically you know the stress management and so I have to say I never consciously made the decision but I've written several books and my first one is why cats don't bark and they don't bark because it's not their cat calling in life. And I do remember, and then, you know, I wrote a book winning, you know, Oprah Winfrey. I almost had a, a, a personal interview with Rosa Parks, but she was really failing at the time. And I just felt selfish pushing it. But all of the people that have climbed higher mountains basically knew their calling in life. And it was revealed between the ages of three and nine, which is why I have a children's character building program that plants seeds of greatness. So it all kind of keeps evolving. But um, but yeah, it, it found me. I did not find it. But the reason I say that is I tell people as a therapist to look back 
between the ages of three and nine and what they wanted to be or what people, a teacher, a parent would say. My mother used to always tell the neighbors, Edie has the gift of gab. And now I get paid to gab. And, you know, our calling in life is revealed in strange ways. People will just have noticed it at a young age. And so, but but I love the stage. I love the live stage more than Zoom. And, uh, you know, I, I'm starting my 80th, but I plan to still be going at least another decade on, on the live stage. I'm not ready to give that up. That's awesome. Yep. That's awesome. Now, tell me this. You heard the words assertiveness and burnout. Yeah. In the 70s. And you said, OK, what is this? How did you have the courage or the confidence to say, OK, yeah, sure, I, I'll build some programming around that or training or speaking or what have you. Where did that confidence come from? Although you were not 100 percent certain about what in the world it was they wanted you to do. No clue. No clue. <laughs> you know, I will say I don't lack confidence. That is one thing I know, you know, in so many of the seminars, I just get so bored. And I do as a therapist, I do hypnosis right. and brain training, you know, to upgrade people's mental software so that they are more confident. And, and I do apply it to speaking as well. It got great results. But um, I, I, you know what, if, if you're true to your soul's code and calling, you don't have to worry about confidence. You're in the zone. You're in the flow. You're in alignment, body, mind, and spirit. So I, I don't, I don't even remember having any doubt. It's like I have the gift of gab. I can speak, uh, and and all they did was tell me to learn a topic. I can do that. I can put right, together right. the content. Right, right. I totally get it. I remember when I first started to branch out on my own. I've been a professional speaker since 2001, but it was in 2016 when I got laid off. And I said, well, what am I going to do now? I got laid off from traveling the country, doing all kinds of workshops and conferences and so on. So when I was laid off, I thought, well, well, I, I, I love this speaking thing. And people would ask, well, what do you speak on? And at that point, I had not clearly defined my niche, if you will. So I distinctly remember telling a few people, well, I mean, what topic is it that you want? I, I'll research <laughs> it, right? And well, first, if it intrigues me, you know, I'm not, I, I'm not going to deliver a presentation on molecular biology, right? But, you right. know, yeah. give me the topic. And if I find it interesting enough, I will research the heck out of it and put together a great presentation for you. Now I don't do that. But starting out, that was how I felt. Well, you know, and the times have changed that yes. um, today people want somebody that goes deep into yes. a topic. So if you offer too many, I know they said on my website, I got, so I do have more listed where they can go to that area, but you only want to put maybe three up front, sometimes just one and, and have an identity for, as a branding thing. Yeah. But Absolutely. you're right. Years ago, you really could be a jack of all trades. You really could. Right. But that, but that has changed. It right. Has. And then starting out and you don't know what you don't know, Right. I mean, I'm sitting here with no job and I know I love to speak and I do a good job at it. And I also had a teaching background. So that helped with being able to cull through information 
package it and deliver it in a way where it's meaningful for the audience to pick up what you're putting down. Right. But again, that was not sustainable. And like you said, I couldn't go deep with that. Exactly. So, yeah. What, really, what really training deep. company, Bridget, were you with? It wasn't a training company. It was an ed tech company that I was with. Oh, and really? I could, yes, yes. It was an educational technology company. And I was with, uh, my group was uh, a lot of former educators and a lot of us still taught part-time, but all of us had come from a university or a college setting, either as faculty members or as administrators. And we provided faculty development to two-year, four-year colleges and universities. I mean, that was what we did both online and in person. It was a lot of fun. I loved that job. And the people, Edie, some of us still stay in touch with each other to this day. I actually, oh, one of them is actually uh, one of the guests on this show, Robert Honorado. So everybody, after you listen to Edie's episode, go check out (laughs) Robert. And I have a couple of conversations too, but incredible people. But let me talk about how incredible you are for just a second, Edie. Everybody, Edie Rather is not just a speaker. She is a change strategist. As an international keynote speaker, when Edie steps onto the stage, she owns it. And she immediately engages and energizes her audience with a message that is both relevant and rejuvenating. Vibrant and world-renowned, Edie has empowered thousands of organizations on five continents, including many Fortune 500 companies such as SC Johnson, IBM, Oscar Mayer, Blue Cross Blue Shield, TJ Maxx, I could go on and on. Her uniqueness is best confirmed by SC Johnson, who indicated, Edie, you make the difference. Her decades of experience as a neuroscience and behavior psychology expert set her apart by providing tangible tools for change. She is a CSP, a certified speaking professional. This means Edie has received the highest earned mark of excellence awarded by the National Speakers Association, and it's awarded to fewer than 10% of its worldwide membership. Edie is on fire. Now, Edie, tell me, I'm telling you, and there's no stopping her. Edie, tell me, what is the topic that sets you on fire? What do you talk about? What do you speak on in your presentations? You know, I, I, the, the, the keynote is still my 4k and Mm. that often spins off into, okay. At a women's conference, I did the keynote and then Kimberly Clark, you know, brought me into their organization. So then I'll do the corporate training. Do I like that as well? Yeah, I do. I really do. But when I step on the stage doing an inspirational, motivational keynote, that's when I'm in my element. And I have a new one, Bridget, that I'm just kind of uh, unveiling now. Uh, and it's, it's unstoppable if you can't walk, run. And it's transforming obstacles into opportunities. And, you know, we always as speakers are told that we should have a story and this and that. And I've always told other people's stories. And then when I would share some of my experiences, people would say, oh, my God, that's such an inspiration. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to turn this into my next keynote. But I'm in North Carolina now. I'm from Wisconsin. I did very well there between the speaking and being a psychotherapist and a single parent, I I did well. 
And I came to North Carolina, and as much as I love North Carolina, I'm not sure it always loves me. Um, I got in with, well, he was a convicted felon. He's now on our governor's cabinet. Can you believe that? But he had just gotten released because his daddy was a senator. It's called the Good Old Boys. And I bought about 35 properties from him because he made promises and I trust too much. And um, I lost four to five million. So I went from literally a mansion back in the Raleigh area, Holly Springs. It was on Home and Garden Channel, lovely home. I don't like to call things a mansion. It sounds pretentious, but Home and Garden Channel did. So we'll call it a mansion. I went from that, Bridget, to being totally homeless, no running water, no flushing toilets, no wired in electricity for 15 months. And the lessons I learned from that on how to recover, um, I've been offered 2 million for the house I fought so hard for here on Lake Norman. Um, it's a message I share in terms of understanding hope, belief, visualization, how to you know, do mind mastery, which is what I've been doing for over 50 years and you know, implementing neuroplasticity and neuroscience. I don't do traditional therapy. That is passe as far as I'm <laughs> Subconscious mind is a million times more powerful. If you're gonna dig, dig a hole, and you had a choice between a shovel or a backhoe. You're nuts to use the shovel. And so I use tools where you can make change happen instantly. And uh, so that that's my new keynote. But they all have been, you know, my first one 40 years ago, well, maybe it was 50 years ago, making it happen and kick your dream into action. My third one was unleash your power zone. And this will be the, the fourth major um, program. And I'm excited about it because it's the most personal that I've ever delivered. Instead of your story or somebody else's story, it's my story. And, you know, everything, it doesn't matter how many times you've fallen down. It's getting back up. But here's the other secret. It's how fast you get back up. Right. Right. Exactly. And people have to learn to let it go. And to reset and reset their brain. And those are the things I help people with, whether it's getting rid of the emotional baggage or, you know, even if you want to learn speaking. I, I've had great results one time hypnotizing people to overcome, you know, their fears or their self-consciousness or any of that kind of thing. It works. It works. Wow. Wow. So many questions for you, but the <laughs> show is limited in time. So here's one, your newest keynote, Unstoppable, If You yep. Can't Walk, Run, you said is your most personal. What would you say took you so long to get to a point where you were delivering such a personal message? Why not 20 years ago? Why not 10 years ago? What, I mean, what do you think is happening with that? Yeah, I think that is a great question because I've asked it too. And I, you know, I was married to an alcoholic. So, I mean, it isn't like in spite of the obstacles, I, I've always been able to overcome. And I, I've wondered about that too, because people will share their story from the stage. And some of them, I'm like, oh my God, if that's the only thing I have to worry about, I'd be just fine. And I think it's because I, I, 
you know, people talk, I mean, I'm starting my 80th year. I just got back from skiing at Jackson Hole, Wyoming, water ski, snow ski, whatever. I have more energy than the average 20 year old. And I'm told that all the time. And I believe it. And I think it's because I don't hold on to regrets. In fact, I've, I've got a saying right here. Your mission in life is to be so busy. I just had eye surgery, loving your life that you have no time for hate, regret, or fear. And I, so I don't think all of those challenges seem like a challenge to me because I'd overcome it. It was just life. It could be worse. And I think just being the ultimate optimist, maybe to a fault, I just, it, it's, it didn't seem that traumatic. But most people would not have overcome. And that's why I realized. And that was when other people said, my God, that's such an inspiration. And even, I mean, I had to, <laughs> we have four seasons here. And I was bathing in the lake when the water was pretty cold. But I grew up on Lake Michigan, so I was used to that. But Bridget, I would show up for a keynote looking like a million bucks. And a guy on Match.com said, you, you look like a million bucks and you live in the closet. <laughs> you know? And, you know, because I did, I had a little camper, a FEMA stinking camper, and it was like 3000 bucks. That was my home. But anyway, I would take, you know, uh, those Rubbermaid tubs and that would be my bathtub. And I had extension cords, the refrigerator was outside and I would heat enough water and that's how I would bathe. And you know what? It was all an inconvenience. It's how you look at things. It's your perception. I didn't see it as trauma. Yeah. I saw it as an inconvenience. And you know what else it taught me is that you got to focus on what you value. I am looking at one of the best spots on a 500 mile lake. And so even though I, I would get pails from the Dollar Tree, that was my commode. And then I'd look for people that were building, they'd have porta potties and I could empty my stuff there. But you know what? I was just busy. With this beautiful environment, I'm on a three-mile island, and and so I was just—it's looking at what you have, what you not what you don't have. And I always say it's not a matter—is the glass half filled, filled or half empty? It's refillable. That's the difference. And I never lost hope. I remember my son looking at me because you there's a long story on how I held on to this property, and. And he said, Mom, you just have to admit, you lost everything. You can't have what you want. And I remember looking at him and saying, if you say that one more time, you will not be in my will. And trust me, before I die, there will be a will. And it'll be a good one because I still have time. And I never, Bridget, lost hope. I knew. Should I tell you what I did? I have been offered $2 million for the property. Do you know how I bought it finally? How? how? For 15 months creative problem solving. I'm doing my second TEDx talk on will humanity survive AI and technology because it's destroying our creative mind and our brain. And as long as you can be creative, you can have anything you want. I, my son's friend had a perfect credit score. I made him the manager of my LLC. And what we did is within 24 hours, we got a ton of business credit cards. So I got hundreds of thousands of dollars. 
paid the house off when it was finished, I could then get the HELOC before I was ever charged a dime in interest. If you're creative and you have the power of belief and you don't give up, there is you're you're unstoppable. That's the answer. Wow. And if you know where you are, you know the facts of where you are, and you know where you want to be, then I can help you get, I can close the gap. Because then it's just, then we have a roadmap. Then it's just taking the right steps. That's phenomenal. Isn't it? It's it's what works. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. You like it, huh, Bridget? You like it? I more than like it. (laughs) I more than like it. Now, you are getting ready for a TEDx talk. Will Uh humanity survive technology and AI? You've got to give us a taste. You don't have to give us the whole speech, but you can't dangle that in front of us, Edie, and then walk off. (laughs) You know, I'm honest to God, Bridget. I was looking at some of the people that know a lot more than I do. Remember Stephen Hawkins? He died more recently, the guy in the wheelchair that's so brilliant. Yes. And and you know what? I'm getting goosebumps. So I was looking at one of his articles as I'm putting together the talk. And he said technology will either be our, maybe he said technology or AI, I'm kind of lumping it together, will either be our greatest curse or our greatest blessing. And I think we're at a very scary time. I do. And I think we have to take this seriously because if we, like any muscle in your body, I go skiing at age 80 or starting my 80th actually, um, because I, I use my muscles so I don't lose them. Well, the same is true with your brain. And if you don't use it, you lose it. And when we just have to hit on a calculator, hit on a computer or a device to get all the answers, we are not using the creative powers in the cerebral cortex of our brain. We're not making good decisions. I don't even want to put a bad reputation on this home improvement company. They have made four deliveries here and they still don't have it right. So we have lost competence, conscious competence and creative thinking. And that is very scary. So the four things, just to, because I will be brief about it, you'll have to watch it. My first TEDx talk is on brain fitness for kids, cloning the DNA of Einstein. And I reveal all the neuroscience that's in my character building program, I Believe I Can Fly, that will help any parent raise a remarkable kid because I plant seeds of health, happiness, and success to wire them at the right time. But anyway, there's four C's at this point that I don't believe technology or AI will be able to have. This is only if we keep our brains alive and well. And one of them is creativity. What, 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 why do we have technology? It was the creative mind that created this. We wouldn't have any of this. And is it a convenience? I'm not putting down technology. It's how much we use it and how we use it. And that's a conscious choice. So that's the second one, consciousness. Third one is choice. And the fourth one is compassion. I don't think they'll ever be able to program a computer to really spontaneously be compassionate. And I mentioned I wrote seven books and one of them is on bullying. And so, you know, 
one who one of the more brilliant persons that's been my mentor actually lives in Arizona. He's at Sun City in Phoenix. His name is Keith Falcon Napier, and I'm certified in his tension management method. And I remember when I first met him about almost 20 years ago, there was a cottage here I tore down. I remember him sitting at my kitchen table and saying, Edie, robots are going to become more like humans and humans are going to become robotic, which means we don't have, we are being programmed not to be compassionate. So what do we see? An increase in rape, bullying, violence, murder, because we are losing what connects us. And that's scary to me, but I'm not going to live in fear. I'm going to do a TEDx talk to try to make the world a little more aware that we as human beings have conscious choice, how we use technology and how often. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. I, I won't go into my own <laughs> stories, right? But it it just makes perfect sense. Yeah, I will go into my own stories uh, just just for a moment. Well, I think about sometimes when uh, driving, uh, I, my husband and I have been living in the Phoenix, Arizona area since 2009. And here we are, you know, uh, since November of 2009. So here we are nearly 14 years later, and I will find myself using a GPS and I will stop myself and say, you really do not need this GPS. You really need to stop yourself from using this GPS. It will be a destination, Edie, that I've visited a number of times, not on a regular basis, but I feel like I've been there enough times at this point where I should not have to rely on technology to get me there. And I will get upset with myself saying, this is ridiculous. You really should know how to get to the Trader Joe's out on whatever street. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, you know what, Bridget, I was speaking in Florida years back and I was lost and I went into a hotel and I said, you know, where is Bellevue Avenue or whatever? The guy had no clue. I was on it. He worked at Bellevue Avenue and no. did not know. So there is this lack. People are so out of touch with their surroundings. And, you know, as somebody who believes that nature nurtures us, not just believes that there's scientific fact of what it does, that I, you know, I see people driving through the Smoky Mountains here in North Carolina or the Rocky Mountains, uh, the Grand Canyon. They could be on a tour in the Grand Canyon and they're looking at their phone and they're missing. Or they're so busy looking for the best seat in the bus that they forget to look out the window and enjoy the ride. And that's their life. Is that scary? It, it is. It is. You know, and I was we were at a place where they they had a band. Very inexpensive. And I think it was like three dollars. And my friend gave her a five dollar bill. She had to get her calculator out to make the changes. I this frightens me. She cannot subtract three from five. It wasn't a kid. You know what I'm talking about. And if we don't use it, we lose it. And so then my question is, will we ever have another Einstein and Edison? Will we ever have another? Beethoven or Bach, will we, 
you know, and I, if you're a rap, I, it's not my preference. Most people my age probably don't like rap so much, but if you do, that's okay. But you know what? I could put together a rap song. I really could if I wanted to. It's not that complicated. Could I put together Beethoven's Ninth Symphony? I'm confident, but that one, I think I'd fall short. That, so this is the kind of thinking that, um, that we're losing. You reminded me of a time I went to the local pharmacy around the corner, and this is not the exact dollar amount, but I bought, let's say, a piece of candy, and it was, we'll say, 76 cents, and I gave the cashier, who looked to be maybe in his mid to late 20s, I gave him a dollar and a penny. He looked confused and asked, why was I giving him a penny? He did not understand that I was giving him a penny for the 76 cent piece of candy because I just wanted to get a solid quarterback he it was baffling to him I said hey just punch it into your cash register and it'll pop up what the change is and and we'll be good no and and we all should be concerned we really should because you know and I just think of things you know like even screen time what I'm going to also include in that talk and this was the original title but you know how things evolved and all of us as speakers know that what well, where we start isn't always where it's going to end, right? Oh, no. And that's good yes. because that's part of the creative process. But it was going to be digital dopamine and devices, the silent addiction. And then, well, maybe I should take a poll if your people want to vote. Uh, but this is where I'm at now. I think it'll be something like, you know, how humanity can survive AI and technology. I think that might have a little more grab or bite, but I'm going to include the dopamine addiction that is going on with our, it's going on with adults too, but I'm more concerned about our youth and our children because their brains are in the formative years. And so that's where the most damage is happening. But let's face it, a lot of parents use the cell phone or their devices as babysitters. They put their kids on it, they encourage it so that they don't have to bother being a parent. And, and you know, the, the facts are that between zero and two, they should have no screen time at all, zero, even if it's good stuff. And then after that, it has to be very monitored and very limited. Let, let me tell you one other thing, Bridget, as long as we're on this. Um, I just heard on the news today that since 2009, where are we now, 223, um, anxiety and depression has doubled in teens. And that, it, it seems to correlate with screen time. We don't have the family dinners. I had parents, we had a car dealership. They worked really 12, 14, 16 hours a day. They also had a bar. I mean, we grew up at times when parents were pretty busy, just, yeah. And, um, but we always had that family dinner together where we connected, where we, you know, and, and so now we're talking about relationships that we're not only going to lose. So the bottom line is, are we going to become a slave and lose our freedom to technology, or with conscious choice, will we control it where it is our servant and we are the master? We are the person that's free. It's good. Who's going to have the freedom? Who's going to control the process? Does that make sense? 
Wow. Yes, it does. 100%. And in a little bit, you'll have an opportunity to ask me a question, Edie, but I have to ask you, when you think about the different programming that you offer, what is your favorite? I mean, I think we can take a stab at what's your favorite, but what is your favorite topic to speak on? Um, other than the keynote, do you mean? Yes. Other than the keynote, uh, in fact, I just sent it out today to possibly speak in Italy. And you know what? And I have to tell you, when we're marketing, my my daughter-in-law, God bless her, but she, I drive her nuts because if I'm in the elevator, I make friends with everybody by the time we're on the seventh floor. Mm-hmm. So I'm in a consignment store yesterday. And so we have to realize that what the mind sees, the body believes. I was in the doctor's office about an hour prior. Didn't have my cell phone with me. Oh, my God. Three hours without a cell phone. Most of my life was without a cell phone, and I did just fine. So you know what I did? Instead of looking at my cell phone, which I didn't have with me, I do like to utilize my time. So I thought, I'll visualize. And my visualization was that the right people would appear in my life that would elevate me and my mission. That was it. Ten minutes later, down the road, I decided to go to this really nice high-end consignment store. I was going to give myself seven minutes. I walked in and I said, time me, get me out of here in seven minutes. And this woman said something about speaking in Italy. And I'm like, oh, I'm a speaker. And then I said, oh, I started out as an occupational therapist. She said, I'm an occupational therapist. And I heard her say she did brain training. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I do the brain training. We both do it, but we complement each other. So just an hour ago, I sent her stuff to hopefully speak in Italy on a lot of what we're talking about now. So what is my favorite topic? And I actually sent a proposal because it applies to sports too, to the Carolina Panthers. God knows if you follow sports, they need me. And what it is, is any, what I do is optimize the brain to accelerate performance and healing. So it can be in sales, leadership, life, whatever you aspire to. What I do is upgrade your mental software with a program that I call Rewire and Reset for Mind Mastery. That is it in a nutshell. So I include it in my keynotes, my training programs, because like I said, this home improvement company, this should have been one delivery. They made five. How the heck can they make money if they're paying for a truck to come here five times and two men in the truck? And so if we don't optimize our potential, if we do not optimize our brain to unleash potential, we're going to be hurting. And I'll tell you, there's a couple of countries that will take us over. And you know who they are because yes. they're smart. They're smart. We're, yeah, we're, yeah, we're, we're not losing. going there. We're not going there. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, so it's, it's, we, we have to be competitive and, and not compete with others, you know, compare and despair. I'm not into that, but to be uniquely you, express your message, whatever it is as a speaker, but in all of life. And, and, you know, to listen, you know, my first book was also on intuition, And I I actually trademarked the term um, intuitive intelligence, the other IQ. But we have to listen to that inner voice. And and I'm not getting religious here, but the Bible is a good book. And it says, you know, seek and you shall find, knock on the door will be open. 
but it also says, listen, ask and ye shall receive. So it is a matter of being in that, but listening to that inner voice, isn't it? Because we ask, but do we always listen? Right. And just like I said with my mother, she has the gift of gab. Listen, the, it's all within you. You just have to listen and then have the courage to walk boldly on the path to your destiny and your greatness. That's it. That's it. I don't even know if I'm ready for a question, Edie. I could sit here and just <laughs> listen to you. I'm telling you, I don't, I don't even. <laughs> I like this program. I'm going to get this posted. Yeah, I like what we're covering. But uh, uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm liking it too. I'm more than liking it. So tell me, what is your question for me? What is your destiny? What is your path? Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Here goes. You can have more than one, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> Unless you're stagnant. <laughs> well, I just had to check. I don't know. I, had to check. I want to make sure I'm I'm coloring inside of the lines and following the rules here. Although it's my show. So I don't have to color inside of the lines, do I? <laughs> I'm the servant. <laughs> so here's one. Here's one. And this one's incredibly important. And it's taking me a lot of time and a lot of work. And it is to figure out how my adoption story can be used to spark, to grow, to ignite, to heal, to serve, to uplift others. That is one right now is that adoption story. And what do I do with it other than sit on it because it's not just your typical oh a family adopted a child who needed somewhere to go right <laughs> there's so many twists and turns in it that uh -huh. I'm working through so that's it how do I take my story so that others can benefit from it this is unbelievable uh -oh. you know, I hope all of you who are listening just understand that whether you want to call it synchronicity or you want to call it God's hand or divine guidance. I don't care what you call it, but when we focus our energies, there, there is a force that enters and manifests. I, and, and why did I ask that question? When you first said, I'm going to, you're going to have to ask me a question. I'm sitting there thinking, gosh, why didn't she tell me that ahead of time? How do I know what I want to ask her? So then when you brought it up again, did you notice I didn't even stop to think? For some reason, I ask you that. I have a connection for you. I have a connection for everyone on this call. And I am a connector. Um, and I wish people would reciprocate sometimes. Manny Lopez, if you don't know him, I'm going to introduce you to him. And he, that is his mission. He is also adopted. He has his story. And he does... You know, there's two types of speaking. There's plat, and this is good if some of your people are aspiring speakers or doing their corporate. There's a professional speaker, which is more what I have always done, but Manny's trying to transfer me into the platform speaking. That is where you don't get paid to speak, but you actually pay to play. So I pay to get on your, it's usually a virtual stage 
that then, and you know, remember the years when Zig Ziglar and everybody, they would come to town, fill the arena, and Dan Kennedy with his marketing message. So all of those people would pay money to be on that stage. So where IBM might pay me, now the speaker is paying the organizer, and then they have a program that they get to pitch and sell. And it might be a coaching program for 5000 and that's how they recoup their money. Well, Manny, that's what Manny does. And you may want to pitch on his stage. I'm not sure I want to do it, but he doesn't give up on me. I hear from him about once a week. You two are going to be dynamite together. Manny Lopez. And I will, um, yeah, I'll, I'll make sure that the two of you meet. This is good. But I want everybody out there to know that it's all about connections. It is yes. about networking. And whether it's in the boutique or whether it's in the elevator, you need to look at everyone as kind of an opportunity or a possibility. In fact, I got a sign in my room, possibility blooms with each new day. Just look at it. And, you know, I always say life is a feast and most poor fools are starving. And that is true because it's, what did I say before? I was happy on the lake. It's perception. And, and, and I agree with you about the connection piece. I attended a webinar last week and just, I was interested in the topic itself as well as the speaker. I'm just a big fan of the speaker. And I, I, there was something you put in the chat or maybe something you said, I don't know. I just immediately jogged myself over to LinkedIn and said, I want to connect with you and I want you to be on my podcast. I hope it's a yes, right? So it's all about connection. And then now that we're connected, we're having this conversation, I'm going to meet Manny. And when we hang up, I'm going to ask you my standard question, which to the listeners, you've probably never heard this, but when I hang up from podcast guests, I always ask, what can I do for you? So <laughs> when we hang up, I'm going to pose that to you. But for now, I want to share with the guests that I need them to run don't walk, run over to Edie's website. It's Edie Rather. And I need you to check the show notes so you can make sure you have her name spelled correctly. I'll put her, her website in the show notes. Go to edierather.com. And I need you to one, buy her books. She has winning, how winners think, what champions do. She also has why cats don't bark sex for the soul and forget selling. So either go to Amazon or wherever you love to buy books and get copies of her books. The next thing I need you to do while you're on her site, and this is more important, I need you to book her for speaking and book her for training. You've heard her passion. You hear what she's all about. You hear she's transformational. You hear that she is nothing short of a rock star. So go check out Edie's website, check out her offerings, book her, get her on your stage, buy her books, share her books. She is powerful. Edie, what else do listeners need to know in order to make sure they own the microphone? Well, you know what? And I do want to say that if any of you are interested, contact me, just email me or call me and I'll give you buy one, get one free. I'll give you all kinds of deals because I just love you, Bridget. So all of your listeners are going to get a heck of a deal because that's what goes around comes around, right? And, and I guess, you know, just focused on, on the speaking. Um, I, I just want to emphasize, it's how you start and how you finish. It's like mm -hmm. an Oreo cookie. And, and you got to have just, 
you got to engage them in the first 30 seconds. Boom. And, and I would encourage people to watch the TEDx talk I've already done, Brain Fitness for Kids. That one's at a different site, wingsforwishes.com. And maybe it's on both. But, but you got to start with boldness, engagement, and, and yeah, you, got, you can't lose them in the first 30 seconds or they'll snooze. The other thing is you got to make them laugh and you got to make them cry. I'm kind of spontaneous, so I find people in the audience. But with Zoom calls, it's a little bit tougher. So if you're somebody, I think with Zig Ziglar, somebody said, you know, if every few minutes you don't have them laughing, you're going to lose them. And so, you know, make sure that if you're not somebody that's spontaneously humorous, Find some good cartoons from the New Yorker or something and get it in there. Make them relevant. If they're not relevant, it'll look like you're all over the place. So I wanted to get that in there. And then, you know, I usually you'll see that in my TED Talk. Actually, my TED Talk, because it's only 18 minutes I did go over. But you will see how I engage with a story. You can engage initially with facts. So a question, something right away works. You know, the reticular activating system in their brain is like, what's that about? And and then at the end, I usually tell an emotional story. And I do about Donald Driver, a football player who was homeless in Houston and visualized that he would be catching passes from Brett Favre, one of the best quarterbacks of all time. And he went, he was selling drugs in Houston just to take care of his mommy and get food on the table. He never took drugs. But you listen to the story, and it was only not much time later, he was catching passes from Brett Favre. What the mind sees, the body believes. So I usually will end with a story. Uh, the laughter is in between, and then the, the crying. I, I like an emotional, impactful ending. Boom. And you'll get your standing ovation every single time. And, you know, the other thing I do, because I do the brain training and so forth, is, is I think it's important that you have triggers. You know, and if some of you are familiar with NLP, you'll know what I'm talking about, Pavlov's dog. And I talk about that in my TED Talk as well. But I remember I didn't feel real as prepared as I should have been for a Wisconsin we had a speaker showcase and I was doing a new talk. That was dumb. Do one that you've done a million times. And I, I remember thinking, oh boy, I'm not prepared. I got to do something. And I remember having, I think it was three words that when I put that mic, I do a handheld mic, not a lapel, because when I hold the mic, that's my trigger. That when I walk on that stage, I own it. And I get in the zone and I get in the flow. And you know what? The three adjectives I used, another speaker used the same exact adjectives to describe my presentation. So, you know, whether it's the mic, whatever, the glass of water, and even when I did my TED Talk, you might, you know, the worst thing that can happen is that you get stuck, you know, that you lose your thoughts. That happened to one of the TED speakers. I had little crib sheets with keywords on a stool with my glass of water. So very nonchalantly, I looked down to grab my glass of water and I saw the next point. So if I ever lost my train of thought, I was right back on track. So hopefully those tips will help you. Bridget, this has been wonderful. And I thank you for the wonderful recommendation you gave. That, that I appreciate. Thank you. Yeah.
Absolutely. I mean, it was easy. It was easy to put that out there, put that out there to everybody. Edie Rather, you have been fantastic. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. For sure. For sure. And to the listeners, I really appreciate you tuning in. You know, I appreciate you listening and supporting the show. I am Bridget McGowan. Until next time, make sure you always own the microphone. (laughs) 